Chris Mendelkin, and this is On the Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all these hoops. I do some NBA-related deep dives, drafts, news notes, and more. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at On the Line underscore pod on Instagram. Send me NBA-related questions at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Dive and draft. It's all up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, all right, coming up, we are talking to Nate Williams about all things uh, fantasy basketball. We're going to talk about some of our favorite NBA subplots from the 2019 NBA season. Um, this is a fun podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. We are just a couple of days away from the first round of the NBA playoffs getting started. So, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, uh, with the one, the only Nate Williams. All right. Nate Williams is on the line. Nate, uh, your, your fantasy basketball season, uh, sadly came to a close a couple weeks ago after an incredible run. You played through uh, a myriad of injuries. You got some tough breaks. Um, first of all, Nate, how are you? How has the time been away from the ESPN fantasy app? How, how have you been getting out? Are you seeing more of your friends and family? How you doing? Mm, oh, I mean, definitely still licking my wounds. I, I, I love how, you know, you say sadly, <laughs> sadly ending when in fact it was you right. that put me out of the playoffs in the first oh, round. God, it's no less. Well, I take no pleasure in knowing that I was the person that ousted you, but let's talk, let's talk real quick about uh, your, your fantasy experience the season. First of all, you've only been playing fantasy basketball for like a year or two right yeah this is my second season um second second season yeah so i had billy on the podcast last week and i was asking him mm. like is there anything from playing fantasy basketball this past year that you learned about the league like do you know what i mean do you know what i'm asking like did you learn anything about the real life nba by playing fantasy basketball this past season anything that like informed your point of view as a fan or anything like that oh interesting um yeah definitely i mean i would say that just because of the categories that our league has yeah uh, i'm much more concerned with like efficiency yeah um yeah yeah so we have a lot of statistical um you know categories percentages uh, you know three-point percentage as opposed to like three-pointers made and, right uh, you know um assist to turnover ratio right um, so you become like a, cognizant of like who turns over the ball a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly versus how many assists they generate you right know i mean like if you you've got great assist stats but you turn it over just as much you know yeah you you don't have that efficiency so i think that was something i really had never paid attention and even my first year doing fantasy i was kind of like uh i'll just try to get guys that have a lot of rebounds right and other guys that have a lot of assists and i'll don't worry about anything else. I didn't really worry about shooting percentage or uh, free throw percentage or that, yeah. you know, those kind of, um, those are the more obvious stats, but yeah, certainly the uh, assisted turnover stuff like that. I really just didn't have the bandwidth to figure out how that stuff factored in. So yeah, I feel like I've sort of paid a little more attention to efficiency and then, you know, it just makes you, you know, anytime you start playing a fantasy sport, you watch a lot, you know, more closely. And, right. uh, you start looking not, for certain things, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your knowledge deepens. But I will say I had a real <laughs> – once I got eliminated from the playoffs um, by someone on this podcast, <laughs> uh, you know, I had to like – I had to unplug. I got yeah. really – you know, I got really into it. Oh and, uh, you know, I had to just like take a break. I had to like clear my brain for a few weeks. Listen, I'm in um, the finals – I'm currently yes. in the finals against our friend Ben Craw, and we are... Yes. Please uh, win. Please I, win. I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that's going to happen, Nate, but we are we are like two or three days away from the season concluding at this uh-huh. point, and I have to say, mm-hmm. like, I don't... It's going to be like going sober or something. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, like, what How? What will you think about? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. tell me what it's been like, because I'm going to be in your shoes, win or lose, in two or three days, I'm going to be in your shoes. So tell me, yeah, what can what, I expect? Like, what's it been like since you've gone clean off, yeah. uh, off the fantasy? Yeah, what's it like? What's it like without the sweet, sweet nourishment yeah. of fantasy basketball <laughs> the stats, to help yeah. ease the time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's been good. It's been good. I, uh, you know, I get, really get to focus on the family. That's what I like to do. In the the focus season, on you know? the family. I really like to, uh, to, to, to take it back, focus on the family, yeah. you know, uh, take a vacation good really just take some me time. Yeah, yeah. Before I start thinking about my contracts and all that. <laughs> at um, the height, at that, like at, at the height of your madness, how bad was it? Like, give me a snapshot of like, were you like when you woke up, were you ever, were you ever in bed, like scrolling through anything fantasy related on your phone? Oh yeah, of course. Well, I would get panicked that other, like, you know, uh, I'm on the waiver wire. I, I became a real waiver wire yeah. hawk and I would get these like deep fears that like <laughs> literally the person that I was looking at was going to get oh, my pick, picked up like as oh. I was looking over. Oh, Cause God. as soon as soon as my player would start and play his game for the day and I knew I needed to sub him out, you know, the, the guy that I'm switching out, I would start to comb through the, the guys for tomorrow. And I would always just be like, someone else is going to grab this guy. And so I would, I would make like uh, pickups, you know, sort of hasty pickups. And then the other thing I did was I would stream like four basketball games simultaneously. Insane. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like, um, you know, the, the league pass streams and just, just, you know, have all the games going at once. So I, could sort of sit there and just watch my stats accumulate um on my on my on my screen i mean let me say this is not a healthy way to live obviously <laughs> no, you know no, what i mean like this not. Is, yeah this is not no. a healthy thing so yeah, not if you want like career success or like you know romantic success any sort of like standard successes you might want in life that are not fantasy related fantasy yeah. is bad for i would say those other so ha- those since you've gone like, since you've gone clean since you since yeah. you've cleaned up what, up, yeah. Well, yeah what have you been up to How, so are you taking like nature walks are you seeing are you getting coffee with like relatives yeah. and, and friends catching up with old pals what, do, what have you been doing i'll tell you i meditate every day now wow. you know i really just find my way in meditation no well i moved in with my girlfriend that's kind of the biggest holy shit news. are you yeah. serious when did that yeah, happen yeah yeah, I uh, just like two and a half weeks ago. Oh man, uh, maybe, congrats! I guess three weeks now this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, always a big step, and uh, but you know, couldn't be happier about it. And it's uh, it's been really fun. I actually moved into her house, which is weird. I feel like I, in my relationships, I've always yeah. been the main house, and someone's yes. you know, usually they've come into to my space, and we my yes. husband hang out. So this was kind of uh, weird to give up. You know what I mean? Just to kind of yeah. be the person who's melding into someone else's world Man. a little bit. 
and uh, throw away all my furniture. So as- <laughs> did you did you kind of debrief her on the whole fantasy thing, being like, look, I do this thing every year with my friends. I'm in this basketball league. I'll be on my phone a lot. I'm in the when I'm in the playoffs, it's going to be super stressful for me and for you. Yes, I am. Um, I absolutely did not do that. I hid it from her <laughs> to the best of my abilities. So I you're really... an addict. You're and you're hiding. <laughs> you're hiding. Exactly. You're great. Exactly. Good for, okay, awesome. My so... plan was just to like get her past the point of no oh return. Really God. hook her. So in. you are truly sick. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You were yeah, in yeah. deep. You were in deep in with deep. this fantasy stuff. In deep. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Because you know I play fantasy football as well. So. I just oh, didn't God. want her to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a very game. ugly thing to see, yeah. you know, someone scrolling through like Roto World at six thirty in the morning oh, while in yes. bed. I mean, it's just not a good. Uh, it's, it's not a, not good, a look. good look. Yeah. No. No. It's definitely not. <laughs> unless they love sports. Unless they. And even then. Even then. Like I don't play fantasy baseball, but my friends that play fantasy baseball will sometimes be <sighs> talk to me about fantasy baseball, and I'm just like, ugh, I couldn't care. <laughs> oh my less. God. Like I don't. Don't want to hear about your whip or whatever. Oh my! You know, imagine like, caring about a whip. I mean, imagine yeah. caring about a goddamn yeah. whip. Yeah. Now uh. I'm, I'm sure there are lots of crossover, you know, basketball and baseball fans. And I, you know, and that my point is that to say that I understand how fun fantasy sports are. So you would think I would pa- be able to have a passable interest. Yeah. In, in another major fantasy sport, it's just like I feel myself <laughs> not caring so deeply, and I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> well, my look, poor girlfriend. As someone that plays fantasy baseball. Let me say, I am thrilled for your girlfriend that you do not play fantasy (laughs) baseball. Are you? You're an Indians guy or a Reds fan, or are are you? Do you have an interest in baseball? Indians, if if any. I mean, really, I'm a Columbus Clippers guy. Oh Uh, Jesus Christ! Columbus Clippers farm team, baby. Oh my God, Nate. And we play the Toledo Mudhens. Oh my God. Oh. Nate, this uh, is concerning. This is very <laughs> concerning. This is very I know, concerning. I know. All right, I well, know, but yes, Cleveland, if anybody. But yeah, I, I'm a very loose. I do not know. I don't follow it very. Well, I, I'm very I'm happy crazy. for you that you're going to have a break from the fantasy sports experience. Thank you're gonna, you. You're, yeah. you so, so you're a fantasy football guy. You'll be back in NFL training camp come, you know, August, September, yes. and then you'll you'll be back in the grind. But for now, I hope it's yeah. a I hope it's a good cleansing couple of months away from uh, the fantasy grind. Me too, me too. Thank you, thank you. And hopefully, <laughs> you know, I would love for you to win the the, you know, the championship because then know, I will man. have been Bested. I know. Well, here's the thing. Ben is great, and yeah. he really uh, he he is a good competitor. And yes. He, you know, it, will this be his second year in a row? I think he won last. Yeah, he's year going for the repeat yeah. title. Yeah. Yeah, repeat title. So he's. I just feel like, and you know, he he's made a bunch of trades this year that you know some caused some controversy, <laughs> a little controversy here. Did and you there. trade with him at all? Did, did um, you? No. Okay. I didn't, but um, he did come to me with a lot of offers. But my team was yeah. really solid this year. Yeah. I, you know, I really thought I had a shot at at least getting to the finals if uh, you had you hadn't put me out. You son uh, yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> um, was there anyone? Was there anyone on your team that you had that you like learned about this year that you're like, wow, I didn't understand how awesome of a player this guy was, or like kind of like a gem that you unearthed that uh, that you were really excited about? Yeah, totally. I don't know if this is uh, maybe this is not news at all, but turns out turns out Aaron Gordon was fucking really. Yeah. 
yeah. good. Dude, so what's yeah. good about Aaron Gordon? Tell me as a guy that owned Aaron Gordon, like, because uh, I, I casually know that Aaron Gordon is very good, but like, what don't I know about Aaron Gordon? Yeah, well, at least from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, he's placed for one of those teams where he really gets to be the man, you know, they yeah. really use him a lot. So he's just got really high usage. Right. Uh, and, and then... He he fills up the the stat sheet. Um, he he gets he's a solid rebounder, and I just pulled up his stats here. But season stats, he's seven point four rebounds, wow. three point seven assists. Wow, uh, almost a steal, almost a block, a full game, thirty three minutes. He averages and yeah. he, he's, he averages like sixteen points. So he's just kind of like doing a little bit of everything. Is he kind of like a poor man's Blake Griffin? Like, yes, like plays I, I the power totally. forward, rebounds, can pass the ball, not quite as well as Blake, but like maybe one day he'll be kind of like Blake. Totally. Yeah, I'd say that 100 um, percent. And, you know, some you know, he'll give you 10, 11, 12 rebound games, you know, every three games or something, you know, like he averages seven, but he'll easily give you 10 to right. 12. Like, right. When it counts. Uh, yeah, when it counts and he scores and he does assists, it's you know not uncommon for him to give you six, seven assists uh, either. So he's just a real workhorse um, and a grinder and just you know just fantasy wise, he's like if you could have a, a bunch of him, uh, you you know he's sort of under the radar. I don't he doesn't get that kind of superstar treatment. Um, uh, you know I think we took him and after the fifth round. Um, so you know, we went a little later, and uh, you know, I guess our fifth is weird because we do our keepers first. But regardless, he yeah, good value for him. I really was happy with him. He did very well this year. He was a real good guy. Um, some guy, something I learned, you know, CJ McCollum was my keeper, and uh, love CJ. But I gotta say, he's just a scorer, and he can shoot really badly sometimes. Like speaking of efficiency, his shooting percentage will really fluctuate and if he's having a bad night you know shooters shoot they just keep shooting and he right. can give you those two point you know he's shooting you know kind of a one point eight. he's like a one-dimensional guy right like he's, if, he, if he's hot yeah. he's hot but otherwise like it could be yeah. a bad thing yeah he, and he doesn't really give you much assists you know or rebounds like barely any rebounds maybe you know three assists or something like that uh respectable it's not nothing but uh he's really just a scorer and when he's not scoring he's hurting your right <laughs> your field at least percentage. in our fantasy league our fantasy yes. league is like really like you really have to diversify your stat portfolio you know you, like, do, you, you yeah. need you need guys that do multiple things right 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 yeah exactly Interesting. Um, okay yeah so, so totally. aaron, aaron gordon is the big takeaway from this year that he does like a lot of things kind of low-key he's better than yeah. people might uh, understand because he plays in orlando small market uh yes. but, he, but he's a great player huh exactly i'd say he would be my like yeah under the radar pick uh for me there's a couple little other other takeaways that would be my big one. That would be okay. a big one. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Nate, I wanted to talk to you this week about just kind of reflecting on the past seasons about some of the fun, crazy, funny, silly uh, NBA storylines and subplots that we had this past year. Just like crazy things that happened, interesting mm. things, kind of the memorable moments, through lines, storylines from the past year. Um mm. You know, we're we're a couple of days away from the playoffs. By the time this podcast uh, comes out on Monday, we will be a week away from the playoffs. So uh, I thought yeah. it'd be a good time to sort of reflect on the past year. It's been a crazy year. I feel like totally. this year, more than any other NBA season, has felt just like frenetic. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think about a team like the Sixers, and it feels like the Sixers had like 
three or four different seasons within a season. You know what I mean? Like between yeah. trades and player, you know, players coming in and and Markel Fultz and and and, and just yeah. coaching stuff, like just crazy stuff. And I feel like that's existed across the league. So um, yeah, the pre Butler, post Butler, seventy yeah. sixers yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or even a team like the Grizzlies, you know, at, at one point I can remember doing a podcast, you know, three months ago, four months ago, where it was like the, at one point the Grizzlies were one of the best teams in the Western conference and now, <laughs> yeah, and now yeah. they are like in the doldrums of, you know, the lottery. So, um, yeah. it's just been a wild season. So I wanted to talk to you about some of the more fun, interesting, uh, NBA subplots from the past. Totally. Year. So, yeah. um, Without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to start us off here with what, like, one of your favorite uh, storylines yeah. from the past year? Well, one thing I feel like that stood out. To me, I just kind of want to put a button in there, yeah. or, you know, highlight this yeah. know, subplot or whatever. But it was sort of like the Carmelo Anthony. Oh wow. Sort of the <laughs> yeah right. Like oh, you wow. kind of even forget that that he played how many games? Down. 10, 12 games. Yeah, yeah, something just like yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know off the top yeah. of my head, but yeah, that sounds about Literally. right. Yeah, um, yeah, and just kind of the end. You know what? You know, maybe this. I don't know. I guess I expected him to kind of retire, and there would be sort of a you know go out kind of. I just felt like a very sort of odd way for his career to kind of wind down. And you know, he's still. I guess. I guess now he's on. The, the bulls maybe I technically think. or maybe they're yeah. negotiating or something like that with i don't yeah. even know yeah um but yeah i just you know it was just kind of the end of an era in a weird you know mellow has been a big part of this league for a long time and he hasn't been an elite you know player uh, that you talked about for a while in that way but nonetheless you know he came in with lebron i think in the same draft yeah year, right? dude he came um, in with lebron wade bosh he was part of that draft class that like incredible 2000 three draft class and it's like yeah right it's right, a yeah. very strange thing because obviously Dwayne Wade is now retiring you see LeBron yep. like at the end of the line here with the Lakers and it is weird to not have such like a bizarre finish for Carmelo's totally. career if this is the end of, yeah. if this is the end of the line for Carmelo it's like a strange one a strange one exactly and very yeah very weird I just kind of I just kind of thought like, you know, if you were, wouldn't you want to just like call? I mean, I guess, right, you're playing pro ball and it's probably the most fun thing ever and it's very, very hard to give up. But, you know, maybe just legacy wise, you might want to kind of pick your, you know, retire, you know, get that one day contract or whatever. And, is, he know, playing in, with, is he playing in the NBA next year, do you think? I, I don't think so. Wow. You know, I don't think so. So he kind I, of feels to me like a guy that's going to be playing in China next year, right? Yeah, I think next year he's the MVP in China. He averages 45 points. You know, he's literally (laughs) averages 45 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, and is trying (laughs) to get like a 10 day contract for the Kings. Right, 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 right. Which is kind of like, you know, sad. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. I mean, he's going to um, be in the Hall of Fame. You know, whether right. people like I know that's kind of a controversial thing, but if pull up his page on Basketball Reference, that guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, like he, yeah, he's I don't know a ten-time All Star. Like his average twenty plus points throughout his career. Like he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, totally. But it is like a totally. weird, sad ending to a guy who yeah. had. 
you know, uh, a good career, a good, not great career, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be great. Yeah. Great. I, I would give him great. You're going to the Maybe. hall of fame. And, yeah. Yeah. I give him a great. Made a lot career. of money. He's a, yeah. He's yeah, made a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. I mean, upper echelon of NBA, you know, as you look at everybody that gets to go to the NBA, he certainly did it better than most, I would say. So, yeah. but yeah, Definitely. yeah, totally. So that was one of my weird, I thought that was an interesting little, uh, moment in, in this year. And I kind of wanted to, yeah, you know, did, did, did pour one out, pour one out, for, pour one out for Mello. For Mello, yeah. Uh, let me let me throw one out there, and this is the. Uh, how about I think one of the more interesting NBA subplots of the year was the Nets and D'Angelo Russell becoming fun. Um, uh, yes, totally. I mean, so tonight, actually, Nate, the Nets have officially clinched their first playoff berth since 2015. Uh, um, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. So yeah, they will, yeah, they will yeah. finish in the next couple of days. They will finish anywhere between the sixth and the eighth seed. And I got to say, I think they have a chance to scare whoever they wind up playing in the first round, whether it's the Raptors or the Sixers or the Bucks. I mean, I'm not expecting mm-hmm. Brooklyn to win any one of those series, but the Nets are fun. You know, they're yeah. they're feisty and they're dangerous and they have in 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 my opinion, you know, they've become one of the more fun like scrappy underdogs of the past NBA season. And totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah. just, I, I think they've been a fun watch. D'Angelo Russell has kind of put the team on his back. He's kind of emerged as a superstar this year. He's, he's, he's yep. a, a guy that I selected in fantasy basketball. He's averaged twenty-one points, seven assists, four rebounds, mm-hmm. a, a steal. He's shooting seventy-five uh, percent from the charity stripe, almost nearly forty percent from three. Um, Mm. he's, he's a really, he's become like a great, great player in the league. And, you know, I think like when we talk about the nets and D'Angelo, it's important to keep things like in context and, you know, they're a team that was like the laughing stock of the league. And D'Angelo was like very much the laughing stock of the league for the last Mm. few years, you know, like the nets famously traded away all their picks to the Boston Celtics for yeah. Kevin Garnett <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Paul Pierce a couple years ago. And yeah. Um, yeah. D'Angelo kind of like embarrassed himself with the Lakers. Um, mm. And uh, and here we are. Now they're back in the playoffs. D'Angelo Russell is kind of like getting his uh, his 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 vengeance. And, uh, you know, with this like breakout all-star uh, campaign. And mm. um, yeah, I think the Nets have been one of the more fun teams of the past year. And, For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say, um, I, first of all, I just want to D'Angelo Russell. I'm so happy that he's kind of finding his his place because, uh, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan, obviously, Columbus, oh, uh, Columbus Clippers. As I we, didn't even you know, put that together. That's right. Yeah. So watching him all through college play, um, you know, he was he's always been really fun to watch. Um and he, if you watch his, if you like Google him and look at highlights, you know, D'Angelo Russell, like yes. passing highlights. I know, he, man. He has some really cool uh, vision. Some really, Dude, he's a yeah. lefty and he would put that spin on the ball. I remember spin. watching yeah. him at, at Ohio State and him coming into the draft and being a believer, you know, like yeah. I was, because there was all this debate about whether to select... Jaleel Okafor, who played for Duke, you know, it was Carl Anthony mm-hmm. Towns, Jaleel Okafor, and D'Angelo Russell. Those were the top couple of picks. 
And yes. um, as a Nick fan, I was clamoring for one of those guys. And of course, we fell to the fourth pick and selected Porzingis. And at the wow. time, just great. It, yeah. yeah, at the time, it felt like, oh, God, you know, of course, you know, of course, the Knicks are going <laughs> to miss out on, uh, on, yes. on the top three guys. But I right. remember watching those Russell highlights at Ohio State and thinking, like, this guy is special. He's really, really special. And I was always kind of puzzled and surprised that the Lakers gave up on him so quickly. And Me too. Yeah, so it's yeah. been really cool to see him sort of rebound and resurface with the Nets. And it, it, it just feels like a, a really perfect marriage, you know, like like in terms of organization and player, like both yeah. pe- both needed a second chance. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yes, totally, for sure. And you know, um, like Karis LeVert was having such a great start to the yeah. season over there. Yeah. He was really, I was really enjoying him. Um, and, uh, you know, is he gonna, because now he's like, he's just coming off the bench now. Um, do we feel like he's just not 100% yet? And that's, he's gonna, next year, he's gonna kind of take back a starter role? Or is it like he may never be the same? Like, what are we looking at for I him? Think, I, I think it's, I think it's the, the former, not the latter. Like, I think yeah. that it's safe to, so Levert had this devastating, like, yeah. injury. And when it happened, everyone on the internet freaked out. You know, it looked yeah. like every bit of Gordon Hayward's injury. And, totally. uh, you know, like the foot, like his like foot, like snapped off basically. I mean, it was yeah, that, totally, yeah, totally. totally disgusting. <laughs> and, uh, so I think it's fair to assume that like, he's going to probably need six yeah. months to a year to sort of regain his confidence and his mojo. But the fact sure. that he's even out there playing is a really great sign. But I mean, yeah. I, I think that the, the future is so bright for it's bright those guys for the nets. I really hope that D'Angelo stays in Brooklyn. I think it's like a good place for him. For and, sure. um, yeah, I mean, something I was thinking about was like, I don't know. Do you think I, I was talking to Billy about this last week? Do you think like the good karma of the nets that the good karma that they've generated this past year helps them at all recruiting free agents in the off season? Like, do you think like, marquee guys like Kemba Walker or Durant, Kyrie, Tobias Harris, Clay Thompson, Kawhi. Do you think any of these guys might actually seriously consider signing with the Nets? I mean, shouldn't they? They're, the Nets yeah. are, are in the playoffs. Um, will any of these yeah. guys, you know, choose to sign with the Nets, maybe as opposed to a team like, like the Knicks? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. And, I, you know, I think the short answer is it can't hurt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, you know, yeah, it's definitely not going to hurt hurt their chances of, of signing one of those guys. And it's a big market for all intents and purposes. You're basically living in New York, essentially, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like you know, Brooklyn, you know, you you are right there. You're in a big market, um, so it's it doesn't have the legendary, you know, storied history of the Knicks. But uh, I think between those two franchises right now, I might rather be on Brooklyn. Um, yeah, just because of the dysfunction that seems to just never leave the the Knicks. Um, so so yeah, I think that I think that team becomes attractive. I do still think they'll have they'll it'll still be a little hard to land like a Kawhi Leonard. I, I right. think. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it starts to make them, uh, a lot more attractive to, uh, to free agents. Um, but yeah, I do think it really, it might, it's still a little bit of a road to hoe to get a really elite, elite guy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, and they, maybe they got to get into the playoffs another, another season or two, uh, or maybe pick up just like one other really good 
piece, uh, you know, and yep. then, then they can start tracking. Yep. 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 Well, I hope really D'Angelo, I, I would love for D'Angelo to sign long-term there and, uh, just yeah. be like, kind of like part of that young core. What do you have? What else? Anything else uh, in terms of storylines from the past year that you, that you were interested by? Sure. Sure. For sure. Um, well, uh, I think one thing that's really been interesting is that the Clippers are still good. Oh my God. Even without Tobias, you know, after that trade, I think firstly, they were a little bit of a surprise from the very beginning. I think, you know, um, after Blake left, uh, and you know, that I think we, no one really suspected them to have as good of a start as they did. And then they kind of came out of the gates blazing. We're playing really well with people that, you know, we didn't really didn't know much about, um, you know, that I think the average viewer didn't know much about, you know, us being, obsessive idiots we knew uh, i'm just kidding i did not know i did not know those players very well so they were great and then they made that trade and was like oh man what have you done you've kind of broken up this like magical yeah. little thing that you'd created so they trade tobias um, harris to the sixers for uh-huh. landry shamit a draft pick a couple other you know pieces yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think they gave away Avery Bradley, too. That's Did right. that happen in that same trade? No, they sent um, Avery Bradley to the Grizzlies in a separate trade. So the, a separate trade. <laughs> yeah, right. no, the Clippers straight yeah. up just, like, stripped down. To, <laughs> you know, they were yeah. just giving stuff away. And the fact that yeah. they've stayed afloat post-Tobias Harris, the post-Tobias Harris trade, is incredible. Totally. And they're playing well, you know. Better. Um, Dude, they're playing yeah. better than they were before. Yeah, and and Patrick Beverly has really kind of like I think this is a good he really got to do, you know, he's he's gotten to shine a little bit. He's gotten to shine a little bit over there. Um and of course Lou Williams everybody is, you know, gets yep. to kind of you know, see what see what he's been able to do. So, yeah, I was really surprised. I think if I had to take a bet, I would have thought that they would kind of you know, pull back a little bit. So, yeah. You know, whoever was making those moves, uh, you know, knew something that we didn't. And and I think deserves some credit for that, because I think that would, uh, you know, it was probably not a popular move. And, uh, you know, I think everyone there was some doubt going on. So I think they deserve some points, uh, some points for that. No doubt. I think a lot of people thought like after the Tobias Harris trade that the Clippers were going in the tank, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so, so the Clippers were set to send their first round draft pick to the Celtics this off season, assuming Mm -hmm. that they, if, if they made the playoffs, they had to send their pick to the Celtics. And if they missed the playoffs, they get to, they, they got to keep it. And I think mm. a lot of people assumed when they traded Tobias that they were yeah. trying to keep their pick. Keep. But it turns <laughs> yeah. out, it turns yeah. out they were like, eh, fuck the pick. You know, it's like top 14 protected. Fuck it. You keep it. You know, like we'd rather make the playoffs. Yeah. And and yeah. somehow, some way, you know, they've made the playoffs. Doc Rivers has arguably done the best coaching job of his career since like maybe the the Orlando days when he won mm-hmm. Coach of the Year, and he's mm-hmm. just getting monster performances out of guys like Gallinari, uh, yeah. Zubac, who they got in a trade from the Lakers, Lou mm-hmm. Williams, uh, Shagel just Alexander, Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell, Jim Michael Green, Landry Shamit. I mean, these guys are playing. Uh, above their heads and yeah. they've uh they've just been great 
Totally. And, um, and Shea Gil Alexander is so fun to watch. Oh, he's man. really a fun fun kid to to watch play basketball. Yeah, he's gonna be really good. I think they got they got yeah. something with him. And yeah. uh I mean the clips have been I mean they've just been fun. They've been getting really funky with their lineups since the trade. They they have a uh they have like a three headed monster lineup with all rook all with, with like all their point guards. So they, they yeah. have Shea Gilgis Alexander, Landry Shamet, and Pat Beverly playing on the court. Uh, all together, and yeah. I read that in uh, I guess like 300 plus minutes together that they've they've all been on the court together. They're, the team is plus 11 points per 100 possessions. So mm, interesting. Yeah, I mean the the team has totally taken off since the trade, um, and you know with yeah. a little luck they could find themselves as high as the fifth seed. Right now they're in the sixth. They could be as high as the fifth. Yeah. Um, and yeah. since the trade they've been 17 and seven. Uh, which is incredible to me for sure. And I'd say the fifth seed is, would be, you know, if they could get the fifth, I, I, I think they're one of those teams that like, you know, you see it speaking of, you know, we got March madness kind of winding yeah. down here, but you see these teams that kind of get hot and they're momentum teams. Oh my and like, God. and I really feel that, uh, you know, the Clippers are kind of like that. Like I could see them just like coming into the playoffs and getting Dude. a little fire under them and yeah. really surprising. Oh some my teams. God. In, in, in uh, March madness, tr- in March madness, uh, terminology or comparison, they're like the, uh, you know, like the fourth seed or the eighth seed that you do exactly, not yeah. want to play in the totally, elite. Eight. Yeah. It's like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. It, you know, they might, you know, I think if the playoffs started today, they'd face Houston, yeah. I think, who's the third seed, and I dude, think, right now. There so, is no love lost there. I mean, these teams hate, no. the, the Clippers and the Rockets yeah. hate each other. Oh, God, going back. Yeah. And, the, and, and but the thing about Houston, man, is that they will, Houston can also implode in the playoffs. Like, totally. If, if Harden has a bad game, you know, and the threes aren't falling, you know, like, they just they they are a team that I think can get shaken and can implode a little bit yes. sometimes, um, and historically the Clippers also are that team. But you know I could see the I could see that upset like that it, like you know I wouldn't bet on it, but I would not it wouldn't be out of the realm. Dude, of no one is excited about playing the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, yeah, in the postseason, yeah. yeah. And, and I almost might like versus Portland like. Man, that's a I don't pretty know. I don't even know. Yeah. 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 Or the Jazz. Like, why couldn't the Clippers yeah. beat the Jazz? You know? Like yeah, they could totally exactly. beat the Jazz. So I wanted to ask you about the Clippers. I mean, shouldn't this maybe kind of in a in a similar way we were talking about the Knicks and the Nets, shouldn't this maybe be the preferred free agent destination in Los Angeles for guys like Durant or or Kawhi Leonard when they look to sign and play long term? Like, wouldn't you rather play long-term for Doc Rivers and the Clippers as opposed to, like, the circus atmosphere yeah. that's going on with the Clippers right now? Like, who's to say? Oh, with the Lakers, I, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know, man. Is it possible that this is, like, maybe the better option of the two L.A. teams? I mean, I, I think there's a definitely a strong case for that. Again, you know, just like the Knicks or whatever, the Lakers have this dynasty, you know, this sort of uh, long historic, uh, you know, history of greatness. And I think it is attractive I, you know, I do think that matters to players. I think players grow up watching the Lakers in their heyday and, you know, or not even in their heyday, but the Lakers being the Lakers. And, you know, I think they, I think that's a big draw, but yeah, I, and getting to play with LeBron, you know, people want to do that. I think it's, that is a draw, even though I do think that locker room sounds pretty dysfunctional uh, at these days. And it doesn't seem like a great 
place to be. I, I do think it, it's going to be, you know, players are going to hear the Lakers and they're going to hear LeBron and they're going to say, you know, yeah, that that's, that's where I want to be. But I, I do think barring that, yes, the Clippers are probably have a, have a little bit more of a better operation going on right now. Yeah. Cer- certainly a better team <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Um, Just less drama, so he, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, if you're, you know, who'd you say Durant? Uh, I think, playing next to LeBron on the Lakers, man, I mean, it would be hard to, like, wouldn't it be hard to turn that down? I mean, wouldn't that be, wouldn't you just, you know, versus the Clippers and a bunch of guys that are, you know, gelling really well, but don't have that, you know, cash cachet. All right, Nate, do you, do you have one, uh, do you have time for maybe one or two more, uh, quick, like little storylines here? Do you have time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Well, one thing I can just say super quick is that technically the Hornets are still mathematically capable of making the playoffs. Oh, which, really? Uh, yes. Yes. They have to win out and, uh, and like one or two other good things have to happen for them, but it could, could still happen. And, wow. um, I just, I think that's hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just like some, you know, to, having Tony Parker over there and of course, you know, Kemba Walker is so fun. So I think it's a, interesting, hilarious that they are still in the hunt. And if the fates align, we could see that, uh, we could see that go down. It so. is truly bizarre to see Tony Parker wearing the color teal. Uh, like so I, will, bizarre. I will never, yeah, never I will never quite understand what's happening there. Um, I feel like yeah. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this storyline. It feels like one of the major moments from 2019, and that is LeBron James trying to trade his entire team to the New, uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans and and to try to land <laughs> Anthony Davis and then winding yeah. up in the NBA lottery. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. like looking back on this season, as crazy as this might sound, this might be one of the signature moments of 2019. Like the mm-hmm. moment that most epitomized 2019 is when, uh, yeah, like it yeah. kind of like represents what like NBA in 2019 was, was all about. You know, the NBA has like increasingly turned into a league where players, even players under contract, now mm. dictate their their destiny you know it's like turned yeah. into millennial nba so if if you don't like your tweet <laughs> if you don't like your team you just swipe left on your team and you demand yeah. a trade you know what i mean and explain to your agent and the media that that you won't sign like a a long-term contract with anyone unless you wind up at your preferred destination so um yes. You know, I think looking back on on this year, I will never forget like LeBron and Anthony Davis trying to uh, to, to wind up on the Lakers together and it not working out, and that everything with the trade leaking to the media, how like LeBron, how like Rich Paul and LeBron like tried to trade all the young players on the Lakers and it didn't work out. I mean, it was just what a <laughs> yeah. wild, wild, wild story. So wild. I, and one thing I'll say about Anthony Davis is that he is literally like three basketball players combined into oh one. I just, I mean, from a stat point of view, he was on your fantasy uh, team. He was, he was my first pick. And I got to say that trade decimated my, uh, those trade rumors decimate because you know then they yeah. sat him yeah. basically. You know we, we didn't even know if he was going to play at all down the stretch. There was talk of him just sitting for the rest of the year, which right. I'm very very glad they didn't do that. But then they kept him on a minutes restriction. He was playing. He was resting one game of three. Uh, you know for various reasons. You know I don't think that was. You know I don't think they ever officially said that. But he you know, he sat one every three games pretty regularly. 
And then they kept him to about a 20 minute, 22 minute. I think officially it was 25. When you look at his minutes, every game, he was sitting right around 22. So they really, they really, they really dialed him back. (laughs) And it really, from a fantasy standpoint, it was not good. good. (laughs) Yeah. And because he had been so good. I mean, he was, cruising and i you know i had a good team i had demarcus cousins who yeah. was injured and i picked up late and uh you know chris middleton and aaron gordon oh you got CJ cousins McCullum. in like the keeper round right in the keeper round yeah yeah and, um and then uh who i jimmy butler and um you know i had a really solid team and i was like coasting and and anthony davis was crushing he's putting up 40 points a yeah. game and like 20 rebounds and three blocks and you know he was just a beast and then they you know that that kind of uh, really hurt me really hurt me down this stretch yeah well that's yeah. one of the things i was talking to you about earlier which is like what did you vis-a-vis fantasy what did you learn about the nba this year and it's like i felt like your team and your experience really epitomized the nba this past year which is like yeah, if you want to, tr- if, if you're, if you have a star player that's unhappy and then he demands a trade, that could just basically mean that a yeah. team might not play him or they might only play him 40% of the time. You know, it's like, would you still yeah. draft Anthony Davis as the number one overall pick or the number three overall pick if you knew yeah. he was only going to play? 40 percent as much as he normally does or you know, yeah would i you, mean definitely you, not you know right <laughs> think, right you know, yeah it, it affects it for sure and you know at the beginning of the year i had the second overall pick and yeah. the guy who went first took uh dude Giannis. i'd be doing cartwheels i would be doing cartwheels yeah. oh. if i got anthony davis i mean he's oh, an incredible man. player he really is and it was so great uh but you know now i'll be sure to you know i'll look at guys contracts but when is it coming up you know how happy are they on this team right what is what's the off-court what's the forecast what's the forecast for this team is such and such star player going to be happy on this team should i draft him yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I didn't think about it. I was just like, oh, look at, you know, he's, he's elite. Look at these stats. But yeah, you really got to look at their situation and their temperaments and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Cause it was God. a, cra- I mean, came out of nowhere. I mean, you have to treat it like an injury, right? Like it's just sort of like a hand of God type thing. Um, but yeah. I'll pay attention to when guys' contracts are up a little more. But it's the most, it's and- like the most unpredictable possible injury. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah this guy has like a bulky hamstring that sometimes hurts and sometimes does. <laughs> And, and sometimes yeah. he's only going to play half the game and sometimes he's going to play the full game and sometimes he's going to rest a uh, back to back and uh, yeah yeah man what a mess yeah. what yeah. a mess it's hard to predict very hard to predict big mess big mess i mean so now it's like boston's going to get him right i mean that's boston oh, yeah. or the or the yeah or the lakers you know or they're going to you know, I think it was just in uh, the Pelicans' interest to wait to the offseason so sure. that even if they don't take the Boston deal, they have it as leverage, right? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so but it, that'll be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, he could easily go to Boston. It seems like uh, they've got the talent to get him and, and keep him. But I could see him going to the Lakers, too. I mean, that was where he said he kind of wanted right. to go, right? So Let me ask you about LeBron real quick. So what's, sure. what's year one of LeBron in L.A.? been like like are people optimistic that he's gonna get things turned around are magic johnson and and rob palenka gonna keep their jobs like what what, what's it been like as a basketball fan in la are people fired up about lebron and the lakers or has it been kind of a weird year 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a weird year. You know, I think people knew that he wasn't going to probably take this team to the to the uh, finals. But, you know, like it wasn't outside of people's realms of possibilities. But then to not even like go to the playoffs, I think people were sort of expecting yeah. to probably at least hit that eighth seed. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get a, a playoff appearance. Because honestly, that young core seemed yeah. to really have some talent. You know, I, I feel like they – it was a little shocking to see how how poorly they gelled together and they just don't you know i think the talent is there they just don't have the right chemistry you know that word is used thrown around a lot but it's just like there's too many guys doing the same thing or you know no one's the glue guy or something you know there's something going on there um and i'm sure that you know it's been dissected better than i'll be able to do it now but yeah i, I think people are a little surprised that it, it didn't go a little bit better and then of course the injury yeah and, yeah i um, mean lebron uh what did he like strain his groin on christmas day but against the warriors on christmas day and yeah. he was out like a month a month and a half six weeks whatever it was and it mm-hmm. seemed just to really derail their season and they never yeah. got it back on track after that so yeah exactly so i think there's a little bit of a wait and see i, I you know everybody knows the lebron's you know, uh, at towards the end of his career, but I think it's just, you know, how long he's been so great for so long that, you know, how much does he have left? And then is it going to be a super steep drop off? I mean, as we're seeing from Carmelo, uh, you know, and some of the other, you know, Bosch, who's not even in the league at this point. Um, and you know, yeah. some of the other people in Bosch that draft class are, yeah, yeah. Reti- retired, retiring at the very end of their, re- and LeBron still feels like very relevant. I mean, he's still like top, you know, top 10 player, you know, like it's kind of amazing how lo- the longevity of his career. So it could be one of these things where <laughs> it all catches up to him really quick. I don't think personally that that will happen, but you know, I think this has thrown a little bit of doubt into the air and it's sort of raising those, you know, how long does he have left and what, can you expect from him at this point in his career? So it's, it's, but you know, LA loves him and I think it's been great for the LA franchise and you know, LA was in a weird, has been in kind of a weird spot since Kobe left. Um, and, and, or it's, you know, in those final Kobe years as well. So I, yeah, I think it's good for the franchise, good for the city. I think everyone's still stoked and on board, but I do think it's raised some eyebrows to say the least. Before I let you go, one I feel like one storyline that I should mention is that uh, this is kind of like a dark horse here. I mean, the, the the Sacramento Kings fell short of grabbing a playoff berth, but I mean, I think that the 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 big takeaway with the Kings this year is that they're really fun and that the future is really bright with this team. Um and kind of like the Nets, you know, like context is key. And you, when, when we think about the Kings, like it's important to remember how terrible they've been for how long and how yes. low expectations were for the Sacramento Kings coming into the offseason. I mean, Sacramento mm-hmm. had the number two pick in the draft this past season, and mm-hmm. they were largely made fun of for drafting Marvin Bagley III ahead of guys like Trey Young and Luka Doncic and Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr., uh, yeah. you know, you know, uh, uh, Nate Silver and 538 even, I think, projected the Kings to have the worst record in the league this year. And, you know, they were in the playoff hunt, uh, even yeah. as, as recently as like a week or two ago. So, um, you know, I, I, I think this, the Kings have been sort of a success story, uh, this year, uh, you know, with the emergence of guys like Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, these guys are all playing fast and loose, and they they've mm-hmm. bought into Dave Yeager's 
up-tempo offense, and Harry Giles has shown some promise in a limited sample size. And so um, I think there, the, the future in Sacramento is very bright. I would be remiss if we didn't uh, quickly mention that the Kings have been a really fun story this year. So um, Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, I, I think uh, – I do think Marvin – I think, you know – Taking like wait, get, taking Bagley over some of the guys you mentioned, I still think is probably yeah yeah you know I, I think that does bear out that that's not uh, it's not going to age necessarily a, wonderfully, but like I I think he's going to be a good player. I mean I think I think like, so too. The past month or so, he's been averaging like twenty and ten or almost twenty and ten. So like he's not going to yeah. be he's going to be a good player. He's going to be maybe even an all star level player, even if those guys are all NBA players. You know you yeah. know Bagley's going to be a good guy and i think the kings fans should be really excited about the future um Mm -hmm. i can imagine them making the playoffs next year you know what i mean like to to put it in perspective the kings have almost as good of a record as the nets this year and i feel like they could be the nets of next year you know what i mean they could be they could be the team next year in the west that's vying for the sixth or or the fifth seed even in in the west so yeah and harrison barnes man you know he's he's a he's an ad he's definitely a value add um so yeah i i agree i agree i i think they're they're a lot of fun to watch those you know sometimes those scrappy teams uh you know, they surprise you. I, you know, who was it? Um, Bibby, right? Bibby was yes. the uh, Mike Bibby, the guy. He, the Kings kind of won me over with when Bibby and uh, Kobe went head to head in those playoffs That's right. back in like, gosh, two thousand and two, two thousand three, yeah, two thousand two. That, that could be right. Yeah, it'll be great to have the Kings be relevant and fun again because yeah. the fans up there like love that team. They love that team, yeah. so it'll be fun. All right, Nate, yeah. the NBA playoffs get underway this weekend which is very exciting thank you so much for hopping on the line this has been a lot of fun talking to you and uh let's touch base i don't know sometime in the next few weeks uh enjoy enjoy time away from fantasy basketball thank you and uh i'll talk to you real soon buddy awesome man it was a pleasure thanks for having me take care nate Bye. Bye. bye all right that was a conversation with nate williams hope you enjoyed it my name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at ontheline underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes at onthelinepodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. I will see you guys in week one of the NBA playoffs. We're finally here. Hope you enjoyed the season. Uh, talk to you guys next week. 